This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Langston. CJLangston.com. Captain Blood by Raphael Sabatini. Chapter 23 Hostages. Peter Blood stood in the pillared portico of Government House, and with unseeing eyes that were laden with pain and anger, stared out across the great harbour of Port Royal to the green hills rising from the farther shore and the ridge of the blue mountains beyond, showing hazily through the quivering heat. He was aroused by the return of the negro who had gone to announce him, and following now this slave, he made his way through the house to the wide piazza behind it, in whose shade Colonel Bishop and my Lord Julian Wade took what little air there was. "'So you've come!' the Deputy Governor hailed him, and followed the greeting by a series of grunts of vague but apparently ill-humoured import. He did not trouble to rise, not even when Lord Julian, obeying the instincts of finer breeding, set him the example." From under the scowling brows, the wealthy Barbados planter considered his sometime slave, who, hat in hand, leaning lightly upon his long beribboned cane, revealed nothing in his countenance of the anger which was being steadily nourished by this cavalier reception. At last, with scowling brow and in self-sufficient tones, Colonel Bishop delivered himself. "'I have sent for you, Captain Blood.' because of certain news that has just reached me. I am informed that yesterday evening a frigate left the harbour having on board your associate Wolverstone and a hundred men of the hundred and fifty that were serving under you. His lordship and I shall be glad to have your explanation of how you came to permit that departure. Permit? quoth Blood. I ordered it. The answer left Bishop speechless for a moment. Then, you ordered it, he said in accents of unbelief, whilst Lord Julian raised his eyebrows. Swoons, perhaps you'll explain yourself. Whither has Wolverstone gone? To Tortuga. He's gone with a message to the officers commanding the other four ships of the fleet that is awaiting me there, telling them what's happened and why they are no longer to expect me. Bishop's great face seemed to swell, and its high color to deepen. He swung to Lord Julian. "'You hear that, my lord? Deliberately he has let Wolverstone loose upon the seas again. Wolverstone, the worst of all that gang of pirates after himself. I hope your lordship begins at last to perceive the folly of granting the king's commission to such a man as this against all my counsels. Why, this thing is... It's just mutiny. Treason. By God, it's a matter for a court-martial. Will you cease your blathering of mutiny and treason and courts-martial? Blood put on his hat and sat down unbidden. I have sent Wolverstone to inform Hagthorpe and Christian and Eberville and the rest of my lads that they've one clear month in which to follow my example, quit piracy, and get back to their bukins or their logwood or I'll sail out of the Caribbean Sea. That's what I've done. But the men, his lordship interposed in his level, cultured voice, 
this hundred men that Wolverstone has taken with him. They are those of my crew who have no taste for King James's service, and have preferred to seek work of other kinds. It was in our compact, my lord, that there should be no constraining of my men. I don't remember it, said his lordship with sincerity. Blood looked at him in surprise. Then he shrugged. Faith, I'm not to blame for your lordship's poor memory. I say that it was so, and I don't lie. I've never found it necessary. In any case, you couldn't have supposed that I should consent to anything different. And then the deputy governor exploded. You have given those damn rascals in Tortuga this warning so that they may escape. That is what you have done. That is how you abuse the commission that has saved your own neck. Peter Blood considered him steadily, his face impassive. I will remind you, he said at last, very quietly, that the object in view was, leaving out of account your own appetites, which as everyone knows are just those of a hangman, to rid the Caribbean of buccaneers. Now, I've taken the most effective way of accomplishing that object. The knowledge that I've entered the king's service should in itself go far towards disbanding the fleet, of which I was until lately the admiral. I see, sneered the deputy governor malevolently. And if it does not? It will be time enough then to consider what else is to be done. Lord Julian forestalled a fresh outburst on the part of Bishop. It is possible, he said, that my lord Sunderland will be satisfied, provided that the solution is such as you promise. It was a courteous, conciliatory speech. Urged by friendliness towards blood and understanding of the difficult position in which the buccaneer found himself, his lordship was disposed to take his stand upon the letter of his instructions. Therefore, he now held out a friendly hand to help him over the latest and most difficult obstacle which Blood himself had enabled Bishop to place in the way of his redemption. Unfortunately, the last person from whom Peter Blood desired assistance at that moment was this young nobleman, whom he regarded with jaundiced eyes of jealousy. Anyway, he answered, with a suggestion of defiance and more than a suggestion of a sneer. It's the most you should expect from me, and certainly it's the most you'll get. His lordship frowned and dabbed his lips with a handkerchief. I don't think that I quite like the way you put it. Indeed, upon reflection, Captain Blood, I am sure that I do not. I am sorry for that, so I am, said Blood impudently. But there it is. I'm not on that account concerned to modify it. His lordship's pale eyes opened a little wider. Languidly, he raised his eyebrows. Ah, he said. You're a prodigiously uncivil fellow. You disappoint me, sir. I had formed the notion that you might be a gentleman. And that's not your lordship's only mistake, Bishop cut in. You made a worse when you gave him the king's commission, and so sheltered the rascal from the gallows I had prepared for him in Port Royal. Aye, but the worst mistake of all in this matter of commissions, said Blood to his lordship, was the one that trade this greasy slaver deputy governor of Jamaica instead of its hangman, which is the office for which he's by nature fitted. Captain Blood, said his lordship sharply in reproof. Upon my soul and honor, sir, you go much too far. 
You are... But here Bishop interrupted him. He had heaved himself to his feet at last, and was venting his fury in unprintable abuse. Captain Blood, who had also risen, stood apparently impassive for the storm to spend itself. When at last this happened, he addressed himself quietly to Lord Julian, as if Colonel Bishop had not spoken. "'Your lordship was about to say?' he asked with challenging smoothness. But his lordship had by now recovered his habitual composure, and was again disposed to be conciliatory. He laughed and shrugged. "'Faith, here's a deal of unnecessary heat,' said he. "'And God knows this plaguy climate provides enough of that. "'Perhaps, Colonel Bishop, you are a little uncompromising, "'and you, sir, are certainly a deal too peppery. "'I have said, speaking on behalf of my Lord Sunderland, "'that I am content to await the result of your experiment.' "'But Bishop's fury by now had reached a stage "'in which it was not to be restrained. "'Are you indeed?' he roared. Well, then, I am not. This is a matter in which your lordship must allow me to be the better judge. And anyhow, I'll take the risk of acting on my own responsibility. Lord Julian abandoned the struggle. He smiled wearily, shrugged, and waved a hand in implied resignation. The deputy governor stormed on. Since my lord here has given you a commission... I can't regularly deal with you out of hand for piracy as you deserve. But you shall answer before a court-martial for your action in the matter of Wolverstone, and take the consequences. I see, said Blood. Now we come to it. And it's yourself, as Deputy Governor, will preside over that same court-martial. So that you can wipe off old scores by hanging me. It's little you care how you do it. He laughed and added, <laughs> Premonitus, Premonitus. What shall that mean? quoth Lord Julian sharply. I had imagined that your lordship would have had some education. He was at pains, you see, to be provocative. It's not the literal meaning I am asking, sir, said Lord Julian, with frosty dignity. I want to know what you desire me to understand. I'll leave your lordship guessing, said Blood, and I'll be wishing you both a very good day. He swept off his feathered hat and made them a leg very elegantly. Before you go, said Bishop, and to save you from any idle rashness, I'll tell you that the harbor master and the commandant have their orders. You don't leave Port Royal, my fine gallows bird. Damn! I mean to provide you with permanent moorings here, in execution dock. Peter Blood stiffened, and his vivid blue eyes stabbed the bloated face of his enemy. He passed his long cane into his left hand, and with his right thrust negligently into the breast of his doublet. He swung to Lord Julian, who was thoughtfully frowning. Your lordship, I think, promised me immunity from this. "'What I may have promised,' said his lordship. "'Your own conduct makes it difficult to perform,' he rose. "'You did me a service, Captain Blood, "'and I had hoped that we might be friends. "'But since you prefer to have it otherwise,' "'he shrugged and waved a hand towards the deputy governor. 
Blood completed the sentence in his own way. You mean that you haven't the strength of character to resist the urgings of a bully? He was apparently at his ease, and actually smiling. Well, well, as I said before, premonitus, premunitus. I'm afraid that you're no scholar, Bishop, or you know that I means forewarned, forearmed. Forewarned! Ha! Bishop almost snarled. The warning comes a little late. You do not leave this house. He took a step in the direction of the doorway and raised his voice. Ho there! He was beginning to call. Then, with a sudden audible catch in his breath, he stopped short. Captain Blood's right hand had re-emerged from the breast of his doublet, bringing with it a long pistol with silver mountings richly chased, which he leveled within a foot of the deputy governor's head. And forearmed, said he. Don't stir from where you are, my lord, or there may be an accident. And my lord, who had been moving to Bishop's assistance, stood instantly arrested. Chapfallen, with much of his high color suddenly departed, the deputy governor was swaying on unsteady legs. Peter Blood considered him with a grimness that increased his panic. I marvel that I don't pistol you without more ado, you fat black guard. If I don't, it's for the same reason that once before I gave you your life when it was forfeit. You're not aware of the reason, to be sure, but it may comfort you to know that it exists. At the same time, I'll warn you not to put too heavy a strain on my generosity, which resides at the moment in my trigger finger. You mean to hang me, and since that's the worst that can happen to me anyway, you'll realize that I'll not boggle at increasing the account by spilling your nasty blood. He cast his cane from him, thus disengaging his left hand. Be good enough to give me your arm, Colonel Bishop. Come, come, man, your arm. Under the compulsion of that sharp tone, those resolute eyes, and that gleaming pistol, Bishop obeyed without demur. His recent foul volubility was stemmed. He could not trust himself to speak. Captain Blood tucked his left arm through the deputy governor's proffered right. Then he thrust his own right hand with its pistol back into the breast of its doublet. Though invisible, it's aiming at you nonetheless, and I give you my word of honor that I'll shoot you dead upon the very least provocation, whether that provocation is yours or another's. You'll bear that in mind, Lord Julian. And now, you greasy hangman, step out as brisk and lively as you can, and behave as naturally as you may, or it's the black stream of Cocytus you'll be contemplating. Arm in arm, they passed through the house and down the garden, where Arabella lingered, awaiting Peter Blood's return. Consideration of his parting words had brought her first turmoil of mind, then a clear perception of what might indeed be the truth of the death of Levasseur. She perceived that the particular inference drawn from it might similarly have been drawn from Blood's deliverance of Mary Trail. When a man so risks his life for a woman, the rest is easily assumed. For the men who will take such risks without hope of personal gain are few. Blood was of those few, as he had proved in the case of Mary Trail. It needed no further assurances of his to convince her that she had done him a monstrous injustice. She remembered words he had used, words overheard aboard his ship, which he had named the Arabella, on the night of her deliverance from the Spanish admiral, 
words he had uttered when she had approved his acceptance of the king's commission, the words he had spoken to her that very morning, which had but served to move her indignation. All these assumed a fresh meaning in her mind, delivered now from its unwarranted preconceptions. Therefore she lingered there in the garden, awaiting his return that she might make amends, that she might set a term to all misunderstanding. In impatience she awaited him. Yet her patience, it seemed, was to be tested further. For when at last he came, it was in company, unusually close and intimate company, with her uncle. In vexation she realized that explanations must be postponed. Could she have guessed the extent of that postponement, vexation would have been changed into despair. He passed, with his companion, from that fragrant garden into the courtyard of the fort. Here the commandant, who had been instructed to hold himself in readiness with the necessary men against the need to effect the arrest of Captain Blood, was amazed by the curious spectacle of the deputy governor of Jamaica strolling forth arm in arm and apparently on the friendliest terms with the intended prisoner. For as they went, Blood was chatting and laughing briskly. They passed out of the gates unchallenged, and so came to the mole where the cockboat from the Arabella was waiting. They took their places side by side in the stern sheets, and were pulled away together, always very close and friendly, to the great red ship where Jeremy Pitt so anxiously awaited news. You conceive the master's amazement to see the deputy governor come toiling up the entrance ladder, with blood following very close behind him. Sure, I walked into a trap as you feared, Jeremy, blood hailed him, but I walked out again, and fetched the trapper with me. He loves his life, does this fat rascal. Colonel Bishop stood in the waist, his great face blenched to the color of clay, his mouth loose, almost afraid to look at the sturdy ruffians who lounged about the shot-rack on the main hatch. Blood shouted an order to the boatswain, who was leaning against the forecastle bulkhead. Throw me a rope with a running noose over the yard-arm there, against the need of it. Now, don't be alarming yourself, Colonel, darling. It's no more than a provision against your being unreasonable, which I am sure you'll not be. We'll talk the matter over whilst we are dining, for I trust you'll not refuse to honor my table by your company. He led away the willless, cowed bully to the great cabin. Benjamin, the negro steward, in white drawers and cotton shirt, made haste by his command to serve dinner. Colonel Bishop collapsed on the locker underneath the stern ports, and spoke now for the first time. "'May I ask what—what what are your intentions?' he quavered. "'Why, nothing sinister, Colonel. Although you deserve nothing less than that same rope and yardarm, I assure you that it's to be employed only as a last resource. You've said his lordship made a mistake when he handed me the commission which the Secretary of State did me the honor to design for me. I'm disposed to agree with you, so I'll take to the sea again. Crass, Injuns, Terabimus, Acre. It's the fine Latin scholar you'll be when I've done with you. I'll be getting back to Tortuga and my buccaneers, who at least are honest, decent fellows. So I fetched you aboard as a hostage. My God, groaned the deputy governor. Yeah, you never mean that you'll carry me to Tortuga? 
Blood laughed outright. Oh, I'd never serve you such a bad turn as that. No, no. All I want is that you ensure my safe departure from Port Royal. And, if you're reasonable, I'll not even trouble you to swim for it this time. You've given certain orders to your harbour master, and others to the commandant of your plaguey fort. You'll be so good as to send for them both aboard here, and inform them in my presence that the Arabella is leaving this afternoon on the king's service and is to pass out unmolested. And so as to make quite sure of their obedience, they shall go a little voyage with us themselves. Here's what you require. Now write, unless you prefer the yardarm. Colonel Bishop heaved himself up in a pet. You constrain me with violence, he was beginning. Blood smoothly interrupted him. Sure now, I am not constraining you at all. I am giving you a perfectly free choice between the pen and the rope. It's a matter for yourself entirely. Bishop glared at him, then shrugged heavily. He took up the pen and sat down at the table. In an unsteady hand, he wrote that summons to his officers. Blood dispatched it ashore, and then bade his unwilling guest to table. I trust, Colonel, your appetite is as stout as usual. The wretched bishop took the seat to which he was commanded. As for eating, however, that was not easy to a man in his position, nor did blood press him. The captain himself fell to with a good appetite. But before he was midway through the meal, came Hayton to inform him that Lord Julian Wade had just come aboard, and was asking to see him instantly. "'I was expecting him,' said Blood. "'Fetch him in.' Lord Julian came. He was very stem and dignified. His eyes took in the situation at a glance, as Captain Blood rose to greet him. "'It's mighty friendly of you to have joined us, my lord.' "'Captain Blood,' said his lordship with asperity. I find your humor a little forced. I don't know what may be your intentions, but I wonder do you realize the risks you are running? And I wonder does your lordship realize the risk to yourself in following us aboard as I had counted that you would? What shall that mean, sir? Blood signaled to Benjamin, who was standing behind Bishop. Set a chair for his lordship. Hayton, send his lordship's boat ashore. Tell them he'll not be returning yet a while. What's that? cried his lordship. Blister me! Do you mean to detain me? Are you mad? Better wait, Hayton, in case his lordship should turn violent, said Blood. You, Benjamin, you heard the message. Deliver it. Will you tell me what you intend, sir? demanded his lordship, quivering with anger. Just to make myself and my lads here safe from Colonel Bishop's gallows. I've said that I trusted to your gallantry not to leave him in the lurch, but to follow him hither, and there's a note from his hand gone ashore to summon the harbour master and the commandant of the fort. Once they are aboard, I shall have all of the hostages I need for our safety. You scoundrel! said the lordship through his teeth. Sure now, that's entirely a matter of the point of view, said Blood. Ordinarily it isn't the kind of name I could suffer any man to apply to me. Still, 
considering that you willingly did me a service once, and that you're likely unwillingly to do me another one now, I'll overlook your discourtesy, so I will. His lordship laughed. You fool, he said. Do you dream that I came aboard your pirate ship without taking my measures? I informed the commandant of exactly how you had compelled Colonel Bishop to accompany you. Judge now whether he or the harbor master will obey the summons, or whether you will be allowed to depart as you imagine. Lud's face became grave. I'm sorry for that, said he. I thought you would be, answered his lordship. Oh, but not on my own account. It's the deputy governor there I'm sorry for. Do you know what you've done? Sure now. You've very likely hanged him. My God! cried Bishop in a sudden increase of panic. If they so much as put a shot across my bows, up goes their deputy governor to the yardarm. Your only hope, Colonel, lies in the fact that I shall send them word of that intention. And so that you may mend as far as you can the harm you have done, it's yourself shall bear them the message, my lord. I'll see you damned before I do, fumed his lordship. Why, that's unreasonable and unreasoning. But if you insist, why, another messenger will do as well. And another hostage aboard, as I had originally intended, will make my hand the stronger. Lord Julian stared at him, realizing exactly what he had refused. You'll think better of it now that you understand, quoth Blood. Aye, in God's name, go, my lord, spluttered Bishop and make yourself obeyed. This damned pirate has me by the throat. His lordship surveyed him with an eye that was not by any means admiring. Why, that is your wish, he began. Then he shrugged and turned again to blood. I suppose I can trust you that no harm will come to Colonel Bishop if you are allowed to sail. You have my word for it, said blood and also that I shall put him safely ashore again without delay. Lord Julian bowed stiffly to the cowering deputy governor. You understand, sir, that I do as you desire, he said coldly. Aye, man, aye, Bishop assented hastily. Very well. Lord Julian bowed again and took his departure. Blood escorted him to the entrance ladder at the foot of which still swung the Arabella's own cockboat. "'It's good-bye, my lord,' said Blood. "'And there's another thing,' he proffered a parchment that he had drawn from his pocket. "'It's the commission. Bishop was right when he said it was a mistake.' Lord Julian considered him. In considering him, his expression softened. "'I am sorry,' he said sincerely. In other circumstances, began Blood. Oh, but there, you'll understand. The boat's waiting. Yet with his foot on the first rung of the ladder, Lord Julian hesitated. I still do not perceive, blister me if I do, why you should not have found someone else to carry your message to the commandant, and kept me aboard as an added hostage for his obedience to your wishes. 
Blood's vivid eyes looked into the others that were clear and honest, and he smiled a little wistfully. A moment he seemed to hesitate. Then he explained himself quite fully. Why shouldn't I tell you? It's the same reason that's been urging me to pick a quarrel with you, so that I might have the satisfaction of slipping a couple of feet of steel into your vitals. When I accepted your commission, I was moved to think it might redeem me in the eyes of Miss Bishop, for whose sake, as you may have guessed, I took it. But I have discovered that such a thing is beyond accomplishment. I should have known it was for a sick man's dream. I have discovered also that if she's choosing you, as I believe she is, she's choosing wisely between us. And that's why I'll not have your life risked by keeping you aboard whilst the message goes by another who might bungle it. And now perhaps you'll understand. Lord Julian stared at him bewildered. His long, aristocratic face was very pale. My God, he said. And you tell me this? I tell you because, oh, plague on it, so that you may tell her, so that she may be made to realize that there's something of the unfortunate gentleman left under the thief and pirate she accounts me, and that her own good is my supreme desire. Knowing that, she may, faith, she may remember me more kindly, if it's only in her prayers. That's all, my lord. Lord Julian continued to look at the buccaneer in silence. In silence, at last, he held out his hand, and in silence, Blood took it. I wonder whether you are right, said his lordship, and whether you are not the better man. Where she is concerned, see that you make sure I am right. Goodbye to you. Lord Julian wrung his hand in silence, went down the ladder, and was pulled ashore. From the distance he waved to Blood, who stood leaning on the bulwarks watching the receding cockboat. The Arabella sailed within the hour, moving lazily before a sluggish breeze. The fort remained silent, and there was no movement from the fleet to hinder her departure. Lord Julian had carried the message effectively, and had added to it his own personal commands. End of chapter 23